He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. We have the pleasure of being joined via the Laser Hotline by singer-songwriter Miles Kennedy. Hey, Andy. How's it going? I'm great, Miles. Yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate you taking some time for us today, my man. Well, I appreciate you giving your time. Thank you. The Ides of March Tour rolls into Des Moines Tuesday, September 14 at Woolies. And aside from a couple dates back in June, this is your first full-on solo tour since the tail end of 2018. I imagine there's a relief knowing at least those dates are on the itinerary despite the uncertainty of the times we're living. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, uh... Been too long, <laughs> and uh, this will be the first time that I've played with a with a band because I yeah I did a few shows earlier this summer, but I was just a, just a one man show, and uh, with the, with this run I'm, I'm I'm taking the boys in the band out, and so it's going to be fun to make some loud music in front of a crowd. Can't wait to see it. Speaking of 2018, Year of the Tiger was your debut as a solo artist, having spent the vast majority of your career as a member of a larger ensemble with Mayfield 4, Alter Bridge, Slash, and of course the collaboration with Led Zeppelin, among others. Is there a personal satisfaction in regards to writing, recording, and releasing material on your own versus the shared custody of the band situation? Yeah, it's a totally different experience. Um, It's certainly... You know, it's. It, I try to take advantage of the solo time to make music that um, I need to make, and that it, there's there's really no no compromising. So you just are kind of left to your own devices and do what you want to do, and I I enjoy that. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility, and and obviously a lot rests on your shoulders. But um, I feel like it's a it's very healthy because it, having the opportunity to do that and get that off your chest then reinvigorates me for when I return to the other entities and it's more of a collaborative effort. So I feel like I've been able to state what I need to musically and artistically and then get back to uh, the other bands and, and put my collaborator hat back on. Sure. When you write, is it obvious to you which project something is most appropriate to present, whether it be to your bandmates or to yourself? Yeah, it's usually pretty obvious because everything is so, um, everything has its own lane. You know, I feel like what I do with Alter Bridge is is, is dip, definitely different than what I do with uh, my solo stuff. Solo stuff is definitely more blues-based. Um, and with Slash the Conspirators, it's... It's kind of a reverse approach because he presents the riffs and the chord progressions, and then I put the melodies and the lyrics on top. So it's a different way of of composing the songs than I do with my solo realm or with with Alter Bridge. That first album took many, myself included, by surprise in terms of how it came out sounding. You created a vibe that none of us had really heard from you before. Were you at all surprised by what was coming out of you? Not, you know, not really. I think that was a, a side of me that had been clawing to get out for a long time you know that first solo record was really a um in a way something that i had started a long time prior i mean i i I actually it's funny i have a a friend alessandro cortini who now plays with nine inch nails and we we had toured together back in the day back in like 2001 and he he told he was like you know i remember you talking about wanting to make an acoustic solo record back then even while you were in the mayfield four so 
it was yeah it was something that I had had been wanting to do for a very long time and um I think it just did surprise people because I think a lot of people who knew me as a rock singer and a, a you know rock hard rock musician were surprised that this acoustic element was there um so so it was kind of it was kind of fun to see those reactions from my perspective a welcome surprise. I probably should have added that uh, that descriptor in there for you. I loved the album. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Lyrically, you described Year of the Tiger as an emotional experience, very personal to you and your family dynamic. I had a similar conversation with Wolfgang Van Halen in regards to the songs he was writing about his dad and how those came out. Had you ever opened yourself up like that before, and were you aiming for some catharsis? Did you achieve what you had set out to do? Um. Well, I've always had an, a bit of a, a you know, a, as far as a lyricist, a lot of times that they're like journal entries. So I can go back to like the Mayfield records and I can, I know exactly what I'm, who or what I situation I was talking about. And they, and, and in, in the process, it, it does end up being very cathartic. I think with Year of the Tiger, because it was so personal and so, um, it was such a snapshot in my fam- in a certain period of my family's evolution. Um, and there was so much loss and it was, it was a tough, it was a really difficult time that the songs were written about, but it did end up being extremely cathartic. In fact, it's funny. I was talking with someone about that the other day about making that record and just how it really was the closure that I, that I needed in a lot of ways and wish I, I wish I'd have made that record a lot sooner. I think it would have, um, been, been better better for my overall mental health had I not had I knocked that one out you know ten years prior. Mm. You've created a new career arc, having released two solo albums. Does Year of the Tiger feel like a precursor to the Ides of March? And what I mean by that, Miles, you built a foundation on the debut that, sonically speaking, matches the follow-up. Do you envision a third solo album continuing to build on that foundation, or is there always a chance you could take your sound in a completely different direction? A great question, because there are days when I do consider taking it in a completely different direction just because that's the beauty of making solo records mm-hmm. that you have the luxury of doing that. But I feel like, you know, I enjoy the genre that or the, the, the little niche that I've carved out for myself with this acoustic slash blues based, whatever, you know, however you define what the miles solo projects have come to be. So I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, if I were on the third record suddenly to decide to make a, um, you know, a, an R&B record, I don't, as much as I love R&B and, and soul music and funk music and all that, I don't know. Uh, first of all, I have to think of the, the fans. <laughs> right, know? right. You know, fan, fans know me for, for now that I've just, you know, you know, if you jump around too much, you, you run the risk of alienating your fans. So I, I, I try to be cognizant of that. But at the same time, I am kind of a bizarre bird in that I listen to so many different things and love so many different forms of music and like to explore that, you know? And so who, who knows what could, what could happen on the next solo record, but I'll do my best not to, to piss off. The sure. Yeah, there is a versatility to your voice though. I, I, I'm not sure that there is a genre you can't do. Well, I don't think I could do uh, death metal or black metal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could pull. I don't know if I could pull that off. But uh, but I do. Yeah, I mean, I. It's funny because you're talking to a guy who learned to sing by listening to R and B guys, 
you know, I learned to listen, you know, I, I sat and listened to Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye, and that was kind of how I learned, and then I brought it into a rock realm, and that's been going, you know, I'm not the, certainly not the first guy to do that. I mean, so many of the guys who, you know, the rock guys that I grew up listening to, that's what they were doing as well. So, um, so yeah, I do have a real appreciation for a lot of, uh, a lot of that, that I, that, that I will try to bring in stylistically to, to, into the rock realm. With the Ides of March, there was certainly no shortage of inspiration in terms of subjects to write about, considering the times we're living in here. Had it not been for the pandemic, for example, this album may not have been made when it did and certainly wouldn't have come out sounding like it does, right? Yeah, I was definitely informed by everything that was going on. And, you know, it's interesting because the songs were written between March and June or July of 2020. And so there were a lot of things that were still kind of new and we didn't know where things were going. So there's just so much uncertainty about what lied was just around the band. And I, so I, I feel like in some ways I'm kind of glad that I wrote the record then because as everything unfolded, um, I don't know how different the narrative would have, would have been, but um, it's certainly a very inspired record. I mean, it's definitely coming from a very authentic and honest place. I mean, I, I lived and breathed those songs for months, and and um, you know it wasn't always easy. It was, it was certainly challenging, but but that's what you do if you want to try and make make a make a record that a listener will go, hey, this guy's he's he's being real here. He's being honest about what he's feeling, and and so um, I'm I'm glad I embarked on the journey. Does everybody you talk to pretty much have a different uh, favorite from the album? Yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's cool. I think. Um, it, it's nice to know that the songs will connect with different people in different ways. You know, I've made records in the past where there's like one or two songs are the only songs people talk about. So it's, it, it, it always makes me happy when I hear people talk about deep album cuts because uh, it tells me that they like the, the record enough to spend some time with it and, and, and listen to something other than just the singles. So that's, that's awesome. You bet. Uh, yeah, the title track really stood out to me. Are you, you're a big Queen fan, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That first record ever I ever got as a kid was Queen News of the World. So if oh, you wow. hear Queen, if you hear a Queen influence, <laughs> there it is. For the title track, for me, and this might feel obscure if you're, unless you're a diehard like I am. But the feeling I got listening to the Ides of March for the first time was innuendo. Oh wow, yeah. Like for how complex the arrangement is, and yeah. just it's it's a really interesting listen. And I thought the Ides of March is very similar in that respect. I appreciate that. I'm going to go back and listen to that record. I haven't listened to that for a long time, but yeah, it is it is definitely a, a journey. I mean, it's a long song um, as far as the, the Ides of March goes, and um, it's 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 probably my favorite on the on the record. I felt like until that record was or until that song was completed, I felt like I didn't have the full body of work. So I appreciate hearing that. Yeah, and while I tell you it's really easy to go back and listen to the news of the worlds and my favorite Queen albums, Queen Two, but that later oh, yeah. stuff when Freddie was going through what he was going through, I it just really hits you a different way. That's for sure. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Miles Kennedy is my special guest. We're excited to see him live at Woolies September 14 as part of his Ides of March tour in support of the new album. How much of it do you hope to have stage ready by the time you get to Des Moines, Miles? Um. I hope I'm hoping so. I've been rehearsing just on my own here until the band gets here later this week. But 
I'm hoping to have like six or seven of the tracks from the record, from the new record, and, and probably about the same from from Year of the Tiger, and and then I'm going to throw in a few songs from from some of my other entities. I'll play those acoustically or, or with the resonator. I I don't like to do those songs in a band realm because I feel like you know that's that's those songs are suited for those bands that those songs are created with. But um, I think that. Um, you know the goal. The goal is is just to have have this uh, be a, a real combination of, of of a guy who's been in the industry now for you know two decades, and that's what I'm. That's what I love. I really enjoy about doing these solo tours is that I get to tap into all these various um, parts of the catalog, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an incredible body of work, and there's been talk of a new Slash album in the works. You've alluded to the fact that eventually there will be a new album from Alter Bridge down the road as well, and I'm guessing you could see yourself writing more solo albums as well. Is that something that you might one day consider self-sustaining, both professionally and creatively from a personal standpoint, or do you think the band dynamic will always be something you'll be a part of? I think to some degree, band environment will always be something that I'm a part of. You know, I think that once you've if you're lucky enough to, to have one successful record, let alone, I mean, however many there are at this point with these, with these bands that I've worked with, you know, to turn your, to totally turn your back on that, um, is, you know, that's a, I don't know if you want to do that because you've got fans you've built up along the way from, for me, it's really just a matter of how do you balance it moving forward? Cause I feel like I'm, in this unique situation where I can go out with Alter Bridge or with Slash and the Conspirators are now with the solo realm and, and can have people who are interested in listening to the body of work. And so it's just a matter of how do you, how do you continue moving forward um, and also balance family life and not be on the road all the time. So that's, that's the that's the question for me. It's just how to be, be better at balancing it so I'm not gone 300 days a year because I play in three different bands. Well, we're just as excited about the next step with you as you are, I'm sure, and uh, really a big fan of both of your solo albums, Miles, including the uh, latest, The Ides of March, and we can't wait to see these songs played live. Oh, well, that, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that means it means a tremendous amount more more than you know. You know, so thank you for for listening and and. Uh, taking the time to absorb some of the tunes looking forward to september 14th it's just around the corner miles kennedy live at woolies here in des moines iowa i uh, hope you have a great time out there miles and uh we'll catch up when you get to town that sounds great thanks for your time Andy. i really appreciate it of course have a great day all right you too